0: Here we go, here we go This This is it! it. This is Top Light Time Machine,
1: I am Andy Hotbody Dawson I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Uh,
0: Just a little explanation about what the fuck is going on in this one It started off as a Roy of the Rovers, Melchester Odyssey And then we got distracted And then before you know it, there was no Melchester content whatsoever Um, There was a crumpet break There was some stuff about funerals uh, There was all sorts in it Um, So here it is, it's not a Melchester episode after all Even though the first few minutes are I hope that explains everything. That makes sense, yeah, Sam.
1: But, like, ultimately, what does it matter?
0: Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. Here we go. This, this is, it. is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Hopburniedawson. Pow, pow, pow.
1: I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So, what?
0: Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey. Of course, we're going through Royal of the Rovers week by week. We're on the 19th of June, 1982, this week. Um, I'll just uh, begin at the top. Uh, I love, I've got to say, I just love the the simplicity of the banner right at the top. It just says, Roy of the Rovers, and it's just got Roy's face just looking at it. has got, all right, cunts, and that's all you need. Do you know what yeah, I mean? The, exactly. In the past, we've had like a small sort of team photo or something like that there, yeah. but now it's just Roy. It's saying, just Roy. It's, it's have all you about notices, me. Uh,
1: as time goes by, Roy's <laughs> face and neck become more and more square and muscular. Yeah, I mean, Quite genuinely. Right. When you look, certainly, if we look back through the decades, he was a waif of a thing in the seventies. Mm. But I suppose that mm. was the fashion then.
0: Probably right? was, yeah. And well, then this, this in, the in the
1: eighties, he goes a bit. He, he gets his hair cut in this way that's hard to describe. I mean, I don't know if I've even seen this hairstyle. It's basically a barbershop window hairstyle, isn't it?
0: I mean, it's a Roy Rick hairstyle.
1: The only- it's just the it's just the racing. <sighs>
0: It's, it's got a kind of a, a bit of a Rod Stewart feather cut kind of element It's a to little
1: it. bit moddy. It's a little In, bit, yeah, yeah, or the small... I was thinking of the small faces like yeah. Ronnie Lane or something like that.
0: It, I think... Do you remember Alan Biley? The footballer no. Alan Bailey? maybe before your time, he sported a similar barnet, yeah. which was blonde as well. It's
1: sort of bouffant and centre-parted on top. Yeah. But his face becomes more and more muscular. Now, having a muscly face was quite an <laughs> 80s thing wasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like,
0: facial workouts. Facial workouts,
1: yeah. No, but think about it, like, you know like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. uh, muscle men of the the 80s preeminent muscle Mary's, yeah. their faces were muscular, weren't they? They were. And I think yeah, we're getting into that muscular. era and, and Roy is really just, I mean he's just more and more of a powerful unit with yeah, each passing week.
0: He's almost beyond human.
1: I think the publisher was calling up Matey Boy, the illustrator whose name I always forget.
0: David Skew.
1: (laughs) Hello, David Skew. Who is it? Yes, it's me from the publishers. Uh, Oh, fucking hell, not more feedback. The stories are fine. They're fine. We're doing great. Sales are up, up, up. One thing, though. I need you to make Roy even more muscular, especially in his face and neck. <laughs> Fuck it, i no, not again. I just did that last week. Yeah, but I think we can wrap. We've done some focus grouping, and there's a there's an appetite amongst the the British boy community <laughs> to see an even mu- more muscular face. <laughs>
0: UK boys, <laughs>
1: I've done we've, so right. We focus it? group the UK boys groups and. <laughs> they say that they like Roy, but they don't feel his face is quite as muscly as it could be. All right, leave it with me.
0: <laughs> so here we go. We're, um, it says the Cavaliers' giant fast bowler was trying to needle Roy and the rest of the Rovers. Now we should explain what's going on here because the football season's over. Roy is taking part in a, a charity cricket series of games. Um, it tells us at the, at the top left, to help Stan, Stanthorpe United... A struggling fourth division club managed by former Milchester Rovers player Lofty Peak, Roy <laughs> had arranged a series of one-day cricket matches between Manchester Rovers and Carmody's Cavaliers, a touring team of international cricketers. They're a band of cricket and renegades, basically, who go around just doing cricketing good. Don't they? They're not affixed or attached to any club or county or nation. Uh, they're like they're like the year team of cricketers. I think they're
1: freelance cricketers. They're freelance
0: cricketers, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, what's your profession? I'm a freelance cricketer.
0: What? Oh, what's I, that?
1: I, I, don't, any I don't, cricket well, leagues bro, doing? It's just better for me, for yeah. my lifestyle. I, I don't like working on contract. You know, it, it what it lacks in security, it makes up for in the sheer freedom. <laughs> I can cricket tax, when I want.
0: And tax benefits as well.
1: <laughs> a lot of it's cash cash in hand which is great <laughs> whereas the big cricket clubs they insist on PAYE which is just a fucking minefield for me
0: <laughs> it's for mugs
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: uh, a two a team of international cricket the gates were locked for the first game that sounds dangerous as Roy and Ron Carmody went out to toss up so there we are Roy tosses the coin obviously early power player and he says, hey, Your call, Ron. Uh, so we've got Ron and Roy here. <laughs> Roy yeah, <con. laughs>
1: I'm only Ron mocking says, about, don't worry. <laughs> but you are, you're a con. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> How's the wife? Never mind. Um, and Ron says, Okay, Roy, it's heads. And the coin lands on the grass. Roy looks down and says, And heads it is. So. <laughs> Ron says, right, there could be a bit of lift in the tra- in this track early on, so you can take first knock. I've got no idea what that means. Nah. I do not understand cricket jargon. I don't know if the, uh, the, re- the boy readers of 1982 did either, but there you go.
1: I think people were more cricket literate. I think the average British yeah. boy, before the Premier League, became sort of so mesmerising to mm. boys... With its fucking madness and it's all yeah. its fireworks and neon lights and earrings, yeah. right? And all the other things. Like, I think the average British boy was quite cricket literate.
0: Cricket literate.
1: But nowadays, it's sort of become... It's a shame, really, because it's, you know, great... Sorry, I don't want to sound like some sort of Brexiter.
0: <laughs> talking <laughs> about the
1: erosion of our culture, right? <laughs> but, you know, I, I was never particularly cricket literate. But... Uh you know I had this fucking mad uncle he's called he was called Uncle he was actually my mum's uncle Uncle Tom, and he lived with them when hmm. they were when my mum and her sister were kids. they lived in a house with their mum and dad and their mum's brother Uncle Tom. There was never any explanation as to why Uncle Tom just nice. lived with them. It's just like well, he's just Uncle Tom, but get this right <laughs> my granddad my mum's dad died before I was born a few years before I was yeah. born so for the first like five or six years of my life right if I went round to my grandma's house at the time she lived up in Harrow in North London right when I went round there I had been taught by television that when you went round to grandparents house there was an old woman and an old man right (laughs) and sure enough when I went round to grandma's house she'd go my mum would go, we're going to your grandma's house. She'd never mention anyone else. But when I was mm. round there, there'd be an old geezer there as well. And he would always be sat in a fucking armchair watching the cricket, right? Yeah. Just one of those guys. Just uh, And he'd just sort of bear look. I'd go, all right, like that. Hello, <laughs> young man. Something like that, right? Yeah. And he'd always go to me and I'd like fucking shambling. And he'd say something like, they're, si- they're, they're, they're 16 for two. And, and, and I tell you what, it looks like it's going to rain and all or something like that. Just a bit, And I'm like five, right? And I'd be like, oh, all right, yeah. fair enough, mate. Like that, thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? I wouldn't have a fucking clue. But I'd sort of... Obviously, you're quite scared of old people, aren't you, when you're a kid? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because
1: they look like yeah. sort of monsters, really. They yeah. all look like the Emperor yeah, from Star Wars. exactly. Right. Yeah. And you're like, fucking hell, all right. Like, he's talking in code. But listen, I assumed that this man was my grandfather. Why not? Yeah. Well, it, it's some old geezer who lives at my grandma's house, <laughs> and she gives him food and cups of tea and that. He must be yeah. my granddad, but he doesn't want to seem to engage with me much because he's more into cricket. So fine, whatever. Yeah. Right? well That's a
0: great uncle, wasn't it? So that's like your grandma's brother. So he's he's a
1: great he's a great, great, he's he a great, great uncle. In, in every and, sense. Um, <laughs> thanks. And yeah, it was someone. My my good wife just handed me some crumpets.
0: Oh, it's crumpet week what? here as well.
1: Yeah, look at that, mate. It's that oh, time of yeah. year. We just think, Do you know what? We just got to get some crumpets in.
0: <sighs> yeah, I got some the other day, and I tweeted them and Instagrammed them a packet of Warburtons six crumpets. Yeah, you, you can't uh, beat Warbuttons, can you? <clears throat> lots of people were in favour of it. One or two people uh, piped up with, "Oh, well, I think you find that
1: Warburtons donate to the Tory Party, so perhaps you Not should think twice as bad." Okay. What? Not this sorry, I'm eating a crumpet. I apologise to you're you and a
0: crumpet. yeah.
1: Well it's hot, mate. It's a hot of crumpet. I can't wait for yeah. this to go cold.
0: Well, you know what? We get a lot of negative feedback when people eat while they All podcast. Right. We'll Fucking pause no, we'll pause the podcast. I don't want you to nah. miss out on your hot crumpets. No, we'll pause it. You get them eating, we'll come back in five minutes or whatever.
1: We interrupt this podcast with a po- with a crumpet break.
0: You're listening to Andy Dawson and Sam Delaney, the hardest working cunts in podcasting.
1: Well, I'm back from my crumpets. Yeah, how are they? And it? five stars.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't let you not eat them because you can't, like, have cold crumpets. You've got to have them when they're hot.
1: I know. And um, what happens to the butter, it sort of solidifies, doesn't it, if you yeah, let it go cold? It it's not the same.
0: Slides at the bottom, doesn't it? Creates a greasy greasy surface yeah. on the plate. You,
1: you need to get it at the optimum moment. I like it where the majority, like, say, 85 to 90%, mm. has melted inside the holes into the inner crumpet. Yeah.
0: Into it's the, not yet the, leaked the out of the bottom. but.
1: <laughs> yeah, the sanct into the the guts of the crumpet, right? <laughs> but on the surface, there is still just that little dab or two of not quite fully the melted, melted butter.
0: butter. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: That's nice, perfect, isn't it?
0: Yeah. But as I was just saying before, there's, there was a a, a rump of uh, followers who were giving it all the oh they 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 donate to the Tory Party. You shouldn't eat their products. Look. You know what I mean? We're living in a fucking pandemic. Hundred thousand people have died in this country. Any one of us could find ourselves in hospital, wired up to a machine, within ten days of any mm. given moment. I'm mm. having me fucking crumpets. Don't fucking try and, and tell
1: me what to do with me life. Don't fucking guilt me about my consumer choices. Listen, if I tell you this much, right? If I'm lying in intensive care with a big fucking tube in me gob, mm. right, trying it to fucking make guts. me lungs function, right. Mm. And I'm about to die, and the doctor says, Look, mate, I'm not going to fucking mock you about. I hope your affairs are in order because you've got about 30 <laughs> seconds. Any final thoughts? I tell you what, they won't be. They won't be this. At least I didn't eat Tory crumpets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or if he Will he says, fuck?
0: Or if the doctor says, What would you request as your last meal? Fucking Tory
1: crumpets, mate. Bring them on. Get us some crumpets. And don't skimp, get us the fucking Tory ones while you're at it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Fucking hell. You know what? If you want to investigate the ethics of every product you consume, you'll starve to death because none of them them are ethical.
1: man. Exactly. So just get off our back. We'll eat whatever crumpets we want. And if they're Tory crumpets, then so be it. Yeah? I mean, I'm not being funny, but imagine some fucking... Call crumpets. They've been made out of fucking Ugh. lentils, mate. Disgusting.
0: Just like cardboard.
1: Ugh. Yeah. Sometimes. Listen, <laughs> i got to tell you guys, right? Um, I am a socialist as the next camp, but sometimes you just got to eat Tory food because yeah. it's nicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? And. Why should I, just because of my beliefs and values in more social equality, right, <laughs> why should I have to forego the pleasures <laughs> of the management classes? I refuse. Stay off The, the pleasures so- and indulgences of the management classes. I want access to it all.
0: Stay off the socialist food or you'll die. Simple as that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's
1: always posh. It's always like posh lefties who are trying to fucking live in a hair shirt to make some sort of point to their mum uh, and dad. Well, yeah, and fucking people, preach it, that sort of shit. Can
0: afford to make choices like that, isn't it? it?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Preaching to the fucking rest of us. I tell you what, right? When I worked on talk radio, the amount of Corbynistas used to come through the fucking studio, and to a man and woman, they were all fucking really posh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I had to sit there listening. To this posh fucking Tabitha or Tarquin yeah. lecturing me on what it was that the working classes needed, mm-hmm. right, to live a better life.
0: Yeah.
1: And how they were, and, and, and how the ones who'd voted for Brexit or the ones who'd voted for Boris were living under false consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I used to think to myself and occasionally say, so the very people who you go around professing to have empathy and uh, for and sympathy with, right are people who you actually hold in utter contempt because you think they are too stupid to look after themselves or understand yeah. what is in their yeah. best interests. So why don't you fucking make your mind up, Tabitha? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you fucking despise oh, these people and think they're yeah. stupid, turkeys voting for Christmas, or do you think of them as human beings like any other and think that everyone should have a fair crack at the whip? See you know? the
0: working classes as a project to be managed...
1: Yeah, like they're fucking fake. And next thing you know, I tell you what, they've got us all eating fucking crumpets made out of fair trade lentils, (laughs) covered not in butter, but in some sort of vegan coconut oil. Right? Well, that's not a world, that's not a socialist utopia that I want to live in.
0: I mean, you've got to look at this stuff as well because you don't know how deep it goes because we were recently approached by, um, I won't name them, but let's just say they were a vegan adjacent product. Um, who wanted to sponsor mm. the the podcast for a couple of weeks? And I thought, hey, that's mm. that's fair and good. That's all ethical. And I consulted my mm. daughter. Well, I didn't. I told her. I said, hey, such and such want to sponsor us because she's a vegan. Mm. She didn't know all that, and she went, ah, no, mm. no, 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 no. They're really unethical. Mm. They fucking burn down trees or something like that. And they were a vegan ish product, <laughs> but it turns out that they're, <laughs> they're capitalist vegans.
1: So, dear Andy. We're back into veganism, and we want to sponsor your podcast. That's where the money is. <laughs> now listen, it, it, you might have heard a few rumours, and I'm here to tell you some of them are true. We've had to burn down some orphanages in Africa in order to make fucking space for our lentil crops.
0: <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs? It's similar to that, but with orphanages instead of eggs.
1: I got a fucking, I got an approach, not for sponsorship, but I got an approach from a, um, you know, this, this mental health pop thing that I'm doing, the reset, yeah. and I got approached by some company who said, oh, yeah, will you come on our podcast? It's presented by our CEO, right? Mm. And I'm thinking, alarm bells, right? And yeah. he's going, you know, because you think vanity project or yeah, I don't you're, know. You're, you're the whatever.
0: CEO, you shouldn't be presenting a, a podcast,
1: I want a podcast. Create one for me. I want me. to be famous. I want to be pod famous. I've heard Chris Evans. I don't think he's any good at all. I'm much funnier. My wife <laughs> finds me hilarious. <laughs> right. And uh, so so I've, I read it and it, and it said, yeah, we, we like your podcast. We want you to come as a guest on our podcast to tell an inspirational story. Mm. I thought, well, I'll tell you the one about me shitting myself in Pizza Express if you want. <laughs> If that'll help, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll I tell you what I want paid exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, but I looked it up right, and the business was an app that mm. treats addiction in right. the workplace. Mm. So I looked it up, and it was basically it said right. What we do is you you know you, in your you type in your industry here, and we will tell you from our research how many man hours are lost per year to addictions. Right. Mm. So it was really hideously corporate because it wasn't aimed at the addict and it wasn't like compassionate, like we will help you if you've got a problem. Mm. It it was aimed at at businesses and it was saying, right, between tobacco, alcohol and opioids. It was obviously America because everyone's bang on the opioids there, aren't they? Right. You look like uh, business loses X number of hours a year due to related difficulties arising from employees who are. In some way dependent on this. Pay for our app. Here are the packages. There's a premier package where we treat all three. <laughs> there's a fucking gold package we can choose two. I'll have opiate and fags. right choose your two strongest addictions. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, there's one, and you buy it, if and you, then you make it available. The
0: package because you're fucking out so much on your addictions. Pick your best yeah. two.
1: No, but it's for the bosses. So the bosses pay for it, oh, and right, then it okay. is made, and then and then they make it available to all of their staff.
0: Yeah,
1: and and the stu- and then the staff... So uh, presumably, an email goes around from HR saying, "Are you a pissed? If so, we we we're a bit worried. Not about you, but about our bottom line because we think that you having hangovers might affect our productivity." <laughs> So, we need you to sign up to this. It's free. We've paid for it. And then it's just sort of like, I don't know, like on your app, it's one of those silly things where an animated character probably pops up and goes, Have you had a drink today? <laughs> Whoa, tut tut, it's only 11 a.m. Time to get back on that wagon. That can't be healthy. <laughs> Did you know alcohol can make you forty percent less efficient in the workplace, especially if your job is handling heavy machinery?
0: <laughs>
1: are you, I thought this is are, a fucking are ripoff. You, I'm not going on this.
0: Are you struggling with your mental health today? Why not turn that frown upside down?
1: <laughs> but no, tut tut, not with a large glass of beer. Instead, why don't you make a list of all the good things in your life? All right, do, I will. So much- Bowes. Beer, <laughs> wine, fags. Do some exercise <laughs> or something, that works. Yeah, it was proper one of those sort of just rip-off things that did nothing, but they were kind of, And it was so cynical. Anyway, I haven't responded, but yeah... You know, all we're saying is always read the fucking small print because that's what Roy Race would would say and it's not served in badly, has it? Mm.
0: Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society
1: Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tics.
0: Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings.
1: Jalapeño. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. Jalapeño. Anyway, let me finish telling you just briefly about Uncle Tom. I could probably yeah, do a whole course. episode on him. But Uncle This Tom, has already
0: been abandoned as a Melchester episode. This is now Friday's episode.
1: Oh okay, great. So carry on. So so yeah. Uncle Tom is um Uncle Tom would be sitting there watching the cricket and I thought he was my granddad. Right, yeah, but he was We're my great—he was my great uncle, and I never really asked. It's just like when you're that young, you don't like to ask questions. <laughs> so, I, but I would—I do remember sometimes saying my granddad in front of other people in reference to him, and my mum would interrupt and go, "He's not your granddad." And I'd be like, "Fuck it! I don't know whether I'm coming or going here. What's he doing living <laughs> with our nan then? What is she? Is Bella? What's the story? Yeah, no, what no, it's not granddad? like that. They're, they're brother and sister. <clears throat> Anyway, the other thing he was bang into, apart from cricket, he was only into two things, cricket and horse racing. Mm -hmm. And if he wasn't going on about cricket in a completely indecipherable way to anyone, without ever saying hello or anything, like, I can't stress that enough, you walk in, he wouldn't look up or say hello to you. He would just immediately launch into, like, a summary of what was going on in the match, yeah? (laughs) And you'd go, right, fine. And then the other thing he was into was horse racing. So he'd always had the racing post, right? Mm -hmm. and um, he had this phrase which was, uh, he's heard what's won it. So if ever he saw anyone on the telly or in real life being at all stressed, angry, anxious, certainly Mm -hmm. hysterical, his phrase for everyone was, he's heard what's won it, because his analysis of anyone behaving in an emotional way, was that they'd just had a bad result on the GG's. <laughs> that, that was his only explanation for anyone behaving emotionally. So, like, if you saw someone on the news crying, it just nudge, like, my nan, who was next, would go, he's heard what's won it. <laughs> right? Which means his horse hasn't fucking won. All the time. But here's the... He, yeah, like, just that <laughs> was always it. He's heard what's won it, right? But... <clears throat> The maddest and strangest thing about Uncle Tom, because he remained a bachelor, right? When yeah. I finally got to the bottom of the fact that he was just my grand's brother, who had just moved in with my grand and granddad after they got married and just mm. never left. Mm. No, no questions were ever asked about it. My granddad apparently just never really said when's your brother moving out. Yeah. He just lived with them full time. Was a confirmed bachelor. I don't know whether he was gay or not, but in those days you wouldn't have because People had people kept it a secret, didn't they? But uh, so I don't know what his romantic situation was. But he he lived with them. But I like to think
0: with- that he just didn't have any kind of romantic nature at all and cared nah, nothing for I'm it.
1: Married to the GGS. Yeah, exactly. I'm married to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I get a strong impression because he died when I was ten. So I don't re- I didn't really get to know him that well. But I don't think anyone did. But people who know more about him than me. Sort of giving the impression that he was just the sort of bloke he, he just lived he was living sort of out loud in his own way.
0: Yeah. Had, yeah, yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, no commitments, and, no no hassle, anything like that. Because I had a, and my I had a man, great auntie I had a great auntie called Auntie Gertie mm. and Auntie yeah. Gertie's daughter, who was called Auntie Edna, lived with her. And Auntie Edna <laughs> was uh a confirmed spinster. She was yeah. a spinster and she's still around and she still is. Uh, fucking fucking great why
1: not she's living life on her own fucking terms exactly yeah and yeah so it's sort of quite an admirable lifestyle and um anyway he worked at the bookies right that was his job yeah yeah? and one day and he one of these guys who had a very sort of predictable routine so you knew what time he left the house you knew what time he came in Mm -hmm. my grandma who was quite a formidable woman Mm. And didn't suffer falls, and wasn't at all like an indulgent sort of person. She was extremely is, strict is this with my s- mum. Is
0: this the Scots grandma or?
1: No, no, no. This is Cockney me, man, right. right? And she, <laughs> she, um, she said, she, she was very strict with with uh, both her kids. She was very strict with her own husband. He was very much the sort of she wore the trousers, yeah. right? But. The only person she was into, I mean, she was very lovely and indulgent to me, obviously. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> I'm your favourite grandchild, I imagine. <laughs> right. But she had a soft spot for Uncle Tom, so she couldn't do enough for him. Right. She ser- She waited on him hand and foot. Really? And he just not well, Because he, you know I mean? he didn't yeah. move out. Fuck it. I'm on fucking easy street <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah. i have landed right on their feet.
0: It's like anyway, a marriage, but without any of the hassle.
1: One day, right, he went missing. He Ooh. didn't come home right, for, I think, like, overnight.
0: Mm.
1: He would, didn't come back from work and was a no-show all night. And that was a very quite a big deal of anyone, but particularly a big deal of him because he was quite a predictable person yeah. of habit. So they all started freaking out. So my dad was on the scene at this stage, right? And he was a little bit more, had the courage of his convictions. One of the reasons my grandma hated him, because he was like, you know, confident, right? <laughs> confident cunt. You know, like yeah. those days, those sort of people are like, they really resent and suspect anyone with confidence, yeah. right? Yeah. He was this fucking cunt, right? <laughs> and so they're all like fucking fretting, but not doing anything about mm. it. Just fretting. So my dad's rocked up probably to pick up my mum and has heard them all fucking fretting and has gone, what's this then? And they've all gone, "Well, Tom didn't come on, we don't know what to do. So my dad's gone, well, have you been up to his work to look for him? And they go, no, do you think we should? And he's gone, fuck's sake, of course. So he goes, don't worry, I'll do it, right? So he sort of thought, I'll fucking have to take charge of this. And they're thinking, snooty cunt. Yeah, which, least... which, to be fair, he is a snooty cunt, so <laughs> you know, their, their analysis <laughs> would sort of be bang on. But he was being helpful, so he said, "I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I'll go up there." So he goes up to the bookies, right? Mm. And he goes in, and he goes, "Yo, pardon me, where is Tom?" Right? <laughs> he might have said Uncle Tom because that's all anyone called him, right? <laughs> where is Uncle Tom? And they've all gone, "What?" And he goes, "I'd like to speak to Tom." And they've gone, "Who's Tom?" And they go, "He goes." Tom, Tom who works here. they go, there's no Tom working here. And he goes, he has been working in this bookmakers for over 20 years. Like it was his lifelong job from when he left school, right? So, and they've gone, no, mate, we've never had a Tom working here. And so he he says, well, that's weird. So he starts describing him and they go, oh, you mean Dave, right? (laughs) And he went, no, Tom. And they go, no, that's old Dave. Yeah, he's been working here for 20 years. He looked exactly as you describe. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah, no, he's not He's not in today, right? He's had a couple of days off, right? We don't know where he's gone. He said he was going on holiday or something, right?
0: you know. So
1: my dad goes back and they go, what happened? And he goes, well, he's not there, but I think he's all right because he did tell them he was going away, but he didn't say where. And they said, oh, that's kind of relief. But that's not the weird bit. It turns out. His whole time there, in however many decades it's been, he's been known only as Dave because that's what he told them his name was when he started. <laughs> <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> but again, because of the way, like I suppose, my mum's family were, who were that sort of very kind of like just keep yourself to yourself, was never stick your head this above never the spoken parapet of again. Sir? never mentioned. Yes! He rocked up. He rocked up, as predicted, like, that evening. Just came in at the usual time. They knew he hadn't been at work, right? But he came in at the usual time. My nan didn't say anything to him, nor did my granddad. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad probably would have done, but he wasn't... He'd probably fucked off, right? So he wasn't, like... (laughs) He would have been like, where have you been? (laughs) Like that. And everyone would have got really embarrassed, right? And so... He came back and they just gave him his dinner as usual, never mentioned the fact that he disappeared for over 24 hours <laughs> and never ever said, Oi, apparently, <coughs> ba- Barry's been up the bookies and apparently you've been known as Dave for the last 25 years, mate. What's all that about? They just never mentioned it. That's but they would, it would be mentioned in hushed tones after his death. Yeah. Like, you know, like it was a date. Well, you know that at the bookmakers, they knew him as Dave. Well, what are we going to do if any of his colleagues come to the funeral? And he's yeah. being referred to as Tom at the funeral. It'll be really confusing but, and embarrassing. Well, they'll not come because they will not know where it is.
0: They They'll not know which funeral don't it is. They'll, they'll be see an for the ad. Day funeral.
1: They'll see an ad in the local paper.
0: Mm. Yeah, but they saying, won't see it because they don't know who the fuck Tom no. is.
1: Exactly. They'll, they'll go, "Tom's up. funeral tomorrow, twelve, Harrow Cemetery. Be there if you if you knew Tom. Be there." And the censors <laughs> at the police going, "Well, I don't know yeah. any cunt called Tom, <laughs> I so I won't be that. there." I'm looking I'm keeping an eye out for old days maybe I haven't done one for him fucking hell
0: it's probably it's probably you know what it is it's probably really innocent it'll be like you know that thing you're talking about where nothing was said about it it's that mm. it's that kind of culture where a mistake is made nothing said it's probably like Only Fills and Horses where Trigger calls Rodney Dave all the time Tom and it's just too embarrassing to pick him up yeah, on it. He started in this bookies on day one 20 years ago as Tom. Yeah. Someone's got his name wrong on the first day and it's just stuck forever. No one's bothered to change it. And if he was getting it, yeah. paid cash in hand, then, you know, it's <laughs> I don't
1: want to make waves.
0: Yeah. Thing is,
1: <laughs> no, this is I mean, a whole generation of people just grew up and it still exists, but it's like, On the basis of, I just don't want to make waves. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to cause
0: a fuss. You've been getting my name wrong for two decades, but I don't want to cause a fuss. I'll be Dave. It's fine.
1: Yeah. My uncle Arthur um, was, uh, he was my real uncle. So you think. And he was sort of cut from a similar cloth. And he, (laughs) uh, at another, at Auntie Ella's funeral, which I didn't attend because I think I was deemed too young, Mm. right? Apparently at the funeral, they all went to like, I think, a pub or a Bernie Inn or something afterwards, Mm. you know, for the wake bit. And uh, he got talking, weirdly, to another couple at the bar. And he really pissed off my auntie by saying to them, because they had had a conversation that had lasted more than 30 seconds, he said, we're actually here for a funeral and are about to sit down and eat, but you'd be more than welcome to join us, right? (laughs) And my aunt's like, what the fuck? Who invites some strangers to a fucking funeral right and she goes and and um the and he said well I, I I've been talking to them, and it just seemed awkward i didn't know how to end the conversation so I've just said you know let's let let let's uh let, let's just I just sort of didn't know how to end it so I thought well i'll invite them to eat with us anyway they're thinking it over next yeah. thing this couple have come over fucking George and Mildred. And he's done the thing of clearing his throat to get my Uncle Arthur's attention. (laughs) And he said, oh, hello. And he went, hello, um, uh, I'd just like to say my wife and I have considered your proposal and we would like to accept. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I remember those words verbatim because my brothers who were at the funeral heard this man say it and repeated that phrase so many times (laughs) in the days and weeks and months that followed. It just became like... The stuff of folklore. We've considered your request and we would like to accept. Right? And so the next thing they know, they're all sat around this table with two strangers at a wake for Aunt Ella. Right? (laughs) But here's the other thing that I was going to mention in terms of not making waves. There's, I don't know, like, whatever, 20 people plus these two strangers there, right? And the waitress comes over. And my Uncle Arthur thinking, I am the male here and I ought to take control of proceedings. Mm -hmm. He was like the senior male in the group. The waitress came over to take what would have been a good order. And before anyone could open their mouth, my Uncle Arthur stood up and he said, I'll handle this. We'll have 22 Caribbean chickens, please. (laughs) 22 Caribbean that. chickens. I mean, you got to admire his fucking flamboyance. If you're going to order 22 of anything on the menu, yeah. he didn't say 22 fucking, you know, steak and chips. Although that probably would have been more expensive. Or like 22 fucking, I don't know, shepherd's pies. He's gone 22 Caribbean chickens. And I, my mum and my brothers were like fuming. Like, I never heard them so angry about something in their lives. It's like, they have been salivating over the Bernie Inn menu, mate. Fucking planning what they were going to add. Jesus thinking, fucking great, great. it's best thing about a funeral. If you get to fucking order food, because usually yeah. it's a buffet. Free right? food. Right? And, and they're like, fucking hell, we're ordering a la carte here. Brilliant. Before you can open your mouth, 22 uh, Caribbean <laughs> chickens. But what would you have thought if you were these two strangers? Right? <laughs> I'm at a funeral. Do you want to come and join us? Yeah, all right, we'll join you. Yeah, but I'm fucking ordering for you. Caribbean chicken, please. <laughs> All round. <laughs> what, what is that, anyway? Is that chicken with one of those chickens <clears throat> that have sauce with like bits of pineapple I, in or I something? I, something like that. I don't know, yeah. It's probably disgusting. Like, it's not even a safe choice. Like, m- loads of people are going to hate that, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's niche. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, that got me thinking about, about I'm sure this is a thing, especially among the elderly community, going to funerals of people you don't know, just turning hell up yeah. and sitting at the back. Just for something yeah. to do. I mean, i Yeah, because
1: that. I know it sounds grim, but some funerals are quite good, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because yeah. of the food. And when I drank, well, I would sort of enjoy the sort of legitimised sort of piss-up there would be after. Yeah, I'm
0: not saying you'll get to go to the, the, the wake afterwards, but you'd be hanging around you hoping could've... for an invite, wouldn't you? That would be yeah. your kind of side hustle. But getting to just just turn up at a funeral, sitting at the back in the church or the crematorium or whatever, you get to hear a nice history lesson about someone.
1: Yeah, a little story. It's like, it's no different to reading the obituaries in the paper.
0: Yeah, just uh, 3D, enhanced.
1: I'm sure we've suggested before I floated the idea of you attending funerals because it's fertile ground for widows.
0: (laughs) Probably, yeah. The thing is, though, (laughs) it's dead dead hard. That's like boss level. If you're going to a funeral as a stranger (laughs) and sitting at the back to actually get the widow herself, it's nearly impossible, isn't it?
1: Hello, I'm Andy. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah, um, I never knew no, Dave. I'll, I'll cut, but I'll cut to, I cut. I I knew Dave quite well, and, and he promised. He promised me you in his will. Uh, so my dad right another funny thing about my dad now he's on my mind is that his um, erstwhile business partner he had a business partner who was his sort of who he had probably his biggest business success with they had a company in the 80s together and it was easily like the most lucrative sort of scheme of my dad's career right That's the 80s for isn't it Yeah, exactly. He worked in fucking advertising in the 80s. I mean, you just had to fucking... All you had to do was rent an office and stick a sign up saying advertising agency outside. Some city come come and give you loads of dough. (laughs) Right? Anyway, he he had this business partner. It was him and his brother, and they got this other bloke, in who was older than them, and he was... It just sort of more experience and had gravitas. And, and really, I don't know the ins and outs, but I think he played a huge part in, in helping them to actually make serious money for a f- for a few years, right? Yeah. And anyway, years later, they didn't... I don't think that it ended at, uh, acrimoniously, but my dad sort of has a sort of a, a mild kind of animosity towards almost anyone he's ever worked with. I think a lot of dads have that, right? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, you and I have that. <laughs> I mean, like, you know. Do we... <laughs> work is an is is an is an unpleasant experience, so you're going to have soured memories of everyone who you experienced it with.
0: Oh, you mean people we've worked with in the past, not each other? Because
1: this isn't work. Oh, not of each other. No, no. But we might do one day if we don't work with each other anymore, but hopefully we're, we're hoping to die in this job, so hopefully that'll never happen. I'm,
0: I'm hoping it'll gradually sour until we're both in our mid-60s. and We're, we're barely on speaking terms, but we just turn it with on for the podcast.
1: Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. That they, uh, and people hear that, in fact, we record two separate things. Things in separate parts of the world yeah. and then there's an editor who's paid millions to edit it to stitch it together in a way that makes sense yeah <laughs> anyway anyway it, my dad th- this guy I won't say his name he was a nice guy actually I liked him but he was older than my dad and about mm, 10 years ago he died yeah mm. and someone broke the news to my dad and he went oh and they went and I think also as you get older people like the people who you knew in your life, start dying, and that's mm. probably a real freak out when it starts happening semi regularly, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that the elderly develop a sort of a protective, a, a sort of a, an attitude towards death, yeah, that is designed that's quite sort of, you know, emotionless, <clears throat> almost to protect themselves. Yeah, do you I know mean, what I mean? I
0: guess that will come naturally eventually. Yeah, once the yeah, oil, the oil start I, I would think like so. Noise. And so yeah,
1: so rather than my dad go, "Oh my god, that's such a shame," he just went, "Oh right, yeah." And he just was really indifferent. And I think my, he was with me and my brothers when, like, maybe one of us told them, because we'd heard. And he went, hmm. And we went, hey, well, you don't you don't seem that sad. He went, oh, well, you know, I haven't really seen much of him in recent years. Mm. And so then there was this sort of strange pause. We thought, that's really weird. Like, they worked really closely for a long time, right? So one of my brothers went, oh, well, but you will go to the funeral, won't you, Dad? And my dad went, huh. <laughs> Yes, if they have one. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, what? And we were like pissing ourselves. <laughs> like, What do you mean if they have one? He went, well, I don't know if they're having one. If they have one, I might go. And we go, what, to some people, do you think in your mind that some people just don't bother having Are you going to bother with a funeral? Nah. Nah, yeah. I don't think so. But, I mean, you, this,
0: this can happen. People can just sometimes get buried in the garden, can't they? They can get dispensations from the council and get buried in the garden. They won't necessarily be a full-scale funeral ceremony. There was a house yeah. advertised in, I think it was near Leeds, and it, it went slightly viral a couple of weeks ago, and this house was up for sale. And in the listing, it said that uh, possible buyers should know that there is a dead body in the bottom of the garden. The former uh, occupant Lovely. was buried in the bottom of the mm. garden. So, you know, you know, factor that in before yeah, that, you make that, an that's
1: offer. The, that's the sort of thing that would appeal to me. One... Increased chance of ghosts, which is always something I look for in a property, Mm -hmm. but also things like that that actually make no fucking material difference to you, right? Yeah, exactly. Can get you a huge discount on a property.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. And it's a talking point. So, you know, why not?
1: Come out here when your boss, Mr. Udi Gower, and his wife come round for a dinner (laughs) party. You know, when your Japanese boss comes around, you have to get yeah. everything just so. Yeah. Right. Now, whatever you do, do not mention Pearl Harbor. <laughs> ah, Mr. Odigawa, would you like to come out and survey my grounds? Yes, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Sam. Right, yeah. Now, interesting story about this little garden out here. See that patch there? Yeah. There's a corpse under it. What do you think of that? <laughs> Sam, you have dishonoured me. <laughs> You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. I thought it would impress him. But apparently, in Japanese culture, that's really disrespectful. Your belongings will be available to collect in reception at 11 (laughs) a.m. Oh, bollocks. Uh so I suppose that fucking promotion's out of the question. <laughs> wah, wah,
0: wah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's the end of this one. I think we've we've it was supposed to be a Roy the Rovers episode. It deviated into something else. It's now going to be the Friday episode. Um,
1: it's a free one though. So if you're listening to this and you're not a member of IFS, you got a little taste of Roy the Rovers a at the beginning bit, it, it? Yeah, it might convince yeah. you to subscribe
0: and a crumpet break as well. So uh, mm. thanks for listening. Uh, we'll knock the predictions up and put them on the Twitter for um for legal reasons we're obliged to broadcast them on the Twitter when we don't do them uh, yeah, if the not podcast.
1: we lose our podcasting licence yeah exactly because we for- got it on the basis of being a football show
0: yeah Adam they will take it off us so uh, mm. there we go thank you very much for listening and goodbye for now bye bye